Welcome back to the Green Feed Podcast. I'm your host, Robert. We got a great show this week. All right, like I said, my name's Robert. I'll be your host. Today, we're going to talk about the new Shrixon ZX Series lineup. We are going to talk about a raw golf ball from Wilson Staff. And finally, 3D printing makes its way to major golf OEMs. Let's get down to it. All right, well, like every week, I like to start this out with a bourbon of the week. This week, we're drinking... um, Evan Williams single barrel select great bourbon about 30 bucks. I am a huge fan of pretty much every Evan Williams product. I like to use the black label for my uh, mixed drinks. I like to use the white label for kind of cheaper sipping that I also don't mind mixing. And then this right here is a nice bourbon to have neat. So um, it's a little bit more expensive right around 30 bucks. So like I said, we got a big show. We're going to start out talking about the new Shrixon irons that came out. So as people who follow the blog, follow the uh, YouTube page, follow the podcast, social media, things like that, you will know through my bag that I currently have a set of Shrixon irons in the bag. And so anytime Shrixon releases something, I love seeing it. I love seeing the technology they use. I think their irons always look great. There isn't a better brand in my opinion maybe alongside Mizuno that does a better job of making really beautiful yet kind of boring looking clubs. And that is in no way a knock on Shrixon. It's just kind of the way Shrixon is. They're very understated, but they perform great. So this year, this upcoming year, they're on a two year cycle release, but they are um, introducing what they are calling the ZX five and the ZX-7. Now, the ZX-5 is going to be much more of the game improvement iron, where the ZX-7 is going to be the better player iron. The big piece of technology coming out of this from Shrixon this year, though, especially in the ZX-5s, are going to be the mainframe technology that they have. Now, I know we sometimes get a little carried away with technology names between this and Jailbreak and things like that, but really, let's break it down and talk about what mainframe is. Mainframe is something Shrixon has done where they wanted to maximize ball speed across the club face. Now, how are they doing this, you're probably asking? Well, just like Callaway was doing, we are seeing AI creep more and more into club head design. It's a huge part for, like I said, the Maverick, and this year Shrixon is doing their own thing as well. They're using the power of AI to create this mainframe. So what is it? It's basically a frame that was created to increase ball speeds, like I said, all around the face. It's a series of channels, grooves, and cavities behind the face. So what they're doing, basically, is they're giving the face more room to to bounce. Now, one of the problems is when you give AI full reign, AI will tend to do things that, that accomplish the goal of increasing ball speed, but they'll do some things that don't exactly sound great. They may not look great. Um, they may not even be structurally stable. So Shrixon has combated this by giving them a club head, basically giving AI a club head and telling it to get the fastest ball speed with this club head. Because the last thing Shrixon wants to do is give you something that sounds terrible, that feels terrible, and honestly, that looks terrible. That, that doesn't do them any good, right? So they gave it the club head and told it to make the ball speeds faster. 
Now, Shrixon's claiming they went through thousands of simulations, and this right here is the design that it came up with. I think it's a really cool concept. It's not something you've really seen in irons much. Uh, the Maverick irons last year had some AI technology built into their uh, cup face technology that they built into their to their irons, but really I've never seen somebody really market it as strongly as Shrixon seems to be marketing the mainframe material. Another thing that you may notice throughout the throughout the press materials and when talking about this is new grooves. So what's kind of cool is Shrixon owns Cleveland as well. And so they get to use some of that R&D that Cleveland has and that's already in-house and they already have those design patents and, and design features and they know what works and they've done all the research on it. So they're actually stealing from Cleveland's wedge design and they're going to give you some different grooves based on the club head. So the shorter irons, really what you need from your longer irons is different than what you need from your shorter irons, right? Your longer irons, you want to maximize distance and you want to make sure you hit that as far as possible while maintaining some level of straightness. You also would like it to hold a green, but really if you're hitting a four iron out from 215 yards, if it rolls through the green, that may not be the worst thing in the world. Now, with your short irons, on the other hand, you're really going to need something that imparts a lot of spin. You need those to launch high with lots of spin and for them to lay in soft so that they hold those greens and stick right next to the pin. So what Strixon has done is they've created two different grooves. So the grooves in the longer irons, they're wider, but they're a little bit more shallow. While those shorter irons have deeper and closer set grooves, because you really need those to impart maximum spin while also clearing out as much debris as possible. One of the things about grooves, people think that they're really huge for spin and the ball grips the groove to create the spin. And while that's true to a certain extent, really what the grooves are there to do is move debris such as grass and dirt out of the way so that you can get that maximum uh, spin on the, on the grooves. So with them being deeper... And a little bit closer, you get more grooves on the on the club head, which is going to help you channel out all of that debris that you get sometimes in the rough or with the, with a sharper leading edge or things like that. So it's, it's going to create different launch characteristics from the long irons to the short irons, giving you that precision that you really need with those short irons. And like I said, if that sounds familiar, we did see that with the zip core. I think we've seen it with the CBX as well, where the... Um, the lower lofts, such as the 50 degree, have a different groove pattern than the 60 degree lofts. So it's nothing new, but it's new for the full set of irons for Shrixon. And like I said, they had released uh, two new models. You have the ZX-7 versus the ZX-5. The ZX-5 is obviously going to be that technology leader because it does have that mainframe technology in it. It's got new grooves as well as a redefined sole. Um, it will also be the larger of the two. Now, if ball speed and forgiveness aren't the things you necessarily need, then maybe you don't need that uh, ZX-5. You could look at the ZX-7. It's going to be a little bit compacter club head, a little bit smaller, a little bit shorter he uh, heel to toe, a little bit less offset, things like that. Now, the ZX-7 may not have that mainframe technology like the ZX-5 does, but it does have enhanced cavity design. 
Now, what does that mean? The cavity on the ZX7 versus the ZX5. The ZX5 is going to have a bigger cavity, things like that. But what ZX7 does is it they redesigned the cavity to put the sweet spot. They've really put this little tiny um, badge almost in the back of the club so that you can really feel it. It adds some mass behind the sweet spot. So if you're catching that sweet spot, you're going to get the best feel with the center of gravity being right behind that that uh, that sweet spot. Now, another cool thing that Shrixon's offering is to create these in a combo set. So I'm someone who currently plays a combo set of Shrixon irons, so I can highly recommend it. You get that nice, crisp feel of the long irons, but then on the short irons, you gain a little bit more control, you gain a little bit more spin, things like that. So I do like the idea of putting the ZX-5 and the ZX-7 together. ZX-5 long irons, ZX-7 shorter irons that you can work a little bit more. Also, you could add in a ZX Utility. The ZX Utility, they're also releasing with these clubs. It's really a uh, a driving iron that you can use in like the 4-iron. I think they're making it from a 2 to a 4-iron. So it is a good option as well. I actually have a 4-driving um, four iron from Shrixon right now. It's not currently in my bag because I have a 4-hybrid that I hit really well. But I definitely like it, so... Um, definitely a great idea to kind of combo these sets up, make them work, work together. Obviously, I'm pretty excited for these, right? Anytime Shrixon releases a new iron, I get pretty excited considering the history I have with Cleveland, having worked with them at a previous job. Um, everybody that was super nice at Shrixon in Cleveland. So I, uh, I have a soft spot in my heart for these guys. I also love their clubs, right? Even if I didn't have that great relationship the idea of new Shrixon irons is is awesome. So um, we don't know how they're going to perform yet. I haven't got to hit them or anything uh, like that. But I am pretty excited preliminarily speaking. So, All right, so now that we've talked about the irons from Shrixon that are coming out, we also got news of a very unique concept from Wilson staff this year. Um, you may remember back in March, April, somewhere somewhere in that range that Wilson staff announced a new golf ball and they were combining it with something they were calling the baller box. So it was basically going to be a subscription uh, service for golf balls. But then with people starting to lose their jobs and then people started to do the math on the Wilson website, things just didn't add up. So they kind of nixed the program. But today or earlier this week, we had a very unique concept come out from them. They announced a new staff ball, which is awesome, right? But they released two models. They released a regular model, just like the ones you've always seen, just like any other golf ball. But then they released a raw model. Now, if you're a cynic like me, you probably go, hey, wait a minute, what is a raw model golf ball? Well, basically what they've done is they have removed the paint layer and the clear coat layer from the golf ball. Now, I'm a huge fan of raw golf clubs, but I don't necessarily know if a raw golf ball is the right thing for me or anyone else. One of the things that Wilson is saying with this is that when you look at their competitors' golf balls, other high-end golf balls on the, on the market, the paint, so when they paint them to give it that nice shiny finish to kind of protect the urethane a little bit, they're very thin layers of paint. Well, 
they're saying in their competitors' golf balls that you find some inconsistencies when held under a UV light, so a black light. If you hold it under a UV light, you can actually see parts where it pools, where the paint pools in certain areas. Well, what does that lead to? Inconsistency, right? Well, the inconsistency they are saying can be anywhere, I, I want to say they were saying it's 25 feet to a on a 215-yard shot, something like that, something in that range. Now, I don't necessarily believe that. That seems a little far-fetched for me to believe that my golf ball is costing me, you know, almost 10 yards because of paint. Also, if paint was inferior, why would they release a golf ball that is also painted? Right, I know that they're going to come out and say that they are, they have the most consistent paint in the world on their golf ball. But really, if you're trying to sell me on an unpainted golf ball and telling me that an unpainted golf ball is the way to go because it will improve my consistency, why would you then create a ball that is painted? Which technology is better? Should I be playing with your unpainted golf ball or should I be playing with your painted golf ball that is painted better? It really is kind of hard for me to, to separate which one I should be doing, right? Do I believe that they have the best painted golf ball as well as an unpainted golf ball? Sure, I'll grant them that. And if I do grant them that, it still doesn't clear it up. Which one's better? I want to know from Wilson which one's better. And if you chalk it up to a personal choice, why would I choose an unpainted golf ball? There seems to be a lot more downsides to an unpainted golf ball than there are a painted golf ball. One of the things you constantly hear, and Wilson actually even admitted this, without the paint, the ball's going to get dirtier quicker, right? It's going to um, show grass stains more because there's no clear coat. It's going to not be as easy to clean when you are... Um, when you hit the green and there's mud, you know, you, you, we all try to rub off that mud so that the ball rolls through. Well, you'll be able to get the big chunks of mud off, but there's still going to be that ugly brown stain on it. For some people, that could be distracting. Also, it was interesting. I watched um, Rick Shields, who's a really good reviewer on YouTube. Besides me, you should follow him as well. I think his stuff is, is a great way to give you a baseline idea of a product. He actually hit 10, 10 uh, golf shots out of the sand with these. So he hit 10 shots with one with one golf ball. And what's funny is it actually showed the seam in the golf ball. So you literally could see where the two halves of the golf ball are put together by, by Wilson. That doesn't seem like a very good thing to be showing out there. A lot of companies try to hide the seams in their golf balls. And here Wilson is, is giving me an unpainted golf ball that's going to help me hit the ball straight. While at the same time, showing me the seam, it's showing me all the defects of the ball, all because it it supposedly helps me hit further or hit hit the ball straighter. That doesn't seem like a very creative, it, it just seems very far-fetched to me. Now, granted, if I can find a sleeve of these golf balls, I will gladly go put them through the ringer, test them out, see how they feel. It's also very odd to me that they are going to literally release the same golf ball with a different, with different, like they just cut out steps, right? They, it's the exact same as the regular staff model, except they're just not adding paint and clear coat to it, which to me sounds like the ball should be cheaper, but it's not. They're still charging tour ball level prices for an unfinished golf ball. It's kind of like when companies make you pay more for 
a raw wedge looking at you, Cleveland. It just doesn't make sense that raw is more expensive. Like, you're doing less steps. So, I, I just, this seems very far-fetched to me. I, I would rather play with a painted golf ball. I don't, what if I check, if I buy a regular painted golf dozen of golf balls, let's say I buy a Callaway Super Soft and I, or a, a Chrome Soft, and I hold it up and I check all my golf balls under the UV light, like, and I see that they're all fine, why not play with those? It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It's really just, it's very weird to, to see this. Now, again, I'm not knocking them until I try them, but it just doesn't feel right to me. And finally this week, we are I would be remiss if I did not talk about the new Cobra 3D printed putter. If you don't know what 3D printing is, 3D printing is where you create a design in CAD, which is a design software. And what you do with that is you actually create a 3D model and then you send it to a printer and that printer will actually print a 3D cast model of your of your um, project. Now 3D printing has been used in prototyping in the golf industry for years. When I worked at a shaft company we had a another division that made um, they made like walking sticks for the blind the the guide sticks, the white sticks. Um, for the blind and what was really cool is they bought a 3d printer and they were using that 3d printer to actually print the tips of the of the uh, walkers so they were using that to prototype things like that cover's been prototyping things in 3d printing since i think they said 2013 even um all the way back to the amp cell days so um, I watched a video on that. So 3D printing isn't something new. I know in um, driver versus driver, Wilson used 3D printing to give their to give the contestants a good look at what their driver would look like in person. It gave the judges a way to look at it. So we're not talking about anything new when we talk about uh, 3D printing. But what we do talk about new when we talk about 3D printing is this putter. So this is the first mass marketed OEM putter. They actually came out today and I would imagine that they are sold out. So um, now what makes 3D printing really cool and a real benefit of 3D printing when it comes to club head design is the fact that it does not limit the designer anymore. Right with a traditional putter you start with a solid block of steel and then you got to mill through it and then you got to kind of get in through the back or do things like that to really work the cavity things like that. But with a 3D printer, since it prints it, like a, it, since it prints it, you can actually leave the the middle part of the putter with a little tiny support structure made of plastic in the middle or whatever you want to use, and then you can leave it hollow in the middle. And then what that allows you to do is it allows you to move massive amounts of weight to the side, it allows you to bring the weight forward, it allows you to bring the weight back, and you still maintain the structural integrity. You can use metal all over the outside, plastic on the inside, and it's going to, and if you can get it to sound right and feel right just using plastic on the inside, you can make it hollow, you can add sound slots, you can do anything you want to with it. So it really allows the designer to be, to have pure freedom. They can, they can make a perfect club 
with no, oh, how will the milling machine get in there and mill in that cavity? Or how will we get it hollow on the inside while not making it look dumb? You can make your 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 wildest dreams can come true with 3D printing when it comes to, to golf clubs. Now, I will say the most logical place to start is with a putter. Because even though it's 3D printed and you can do a lot of things and it's printed with metal, the problem becomes how structurally stable is it, right? Can it withstand somebody swinging 100 miles an hour at it? Will that work? Or are you still going to have to do some welding? What's really cool, though, is Cobra is usually one of the leaders in technology. You always see them kind of at the forefront, really trying new things out. And so it's really no big surprise to see them be the ones that come out with a 3D printed club first. Now, shout out here to National Custom Works. They've been doing 3D printing putters for a long time, but they're not one of the big fives. They're a smaller company that really does that really does special orders, special custom orders, things like that. Now, despite how exciting 3D printing is, and trust me, it is huge. It is a huge step for the golf industry. I would I would be in a bad spot if I did not mention that this putter is not just about 3D printing here. There's a small boutique putter brand called SICK, S-I-K. Um, I can't tell you what SICK means. I know it's something, something kinetics, studying kinetics or something like that. Um, they've been around for a few years. I actually saw them at the PGA uh, show a couple of years ago, um, trying out their stuff. But their big piece of technology in their putters is what's called descending loft technology. So the top of the putter is actually four degrees aloft. Then the middle third or middle fourth is three degrees. Just below that two. And the bottom of the putter is one degree of loft. Now, why would you do that? Well, one, if you hit up on the ball with your putter, you need less loft, right? Because you're going to be launching the ball a little bit higher with your putter. If you hit it, down on it, the ball is going to hit the top of the putter, and that's going to be four degrees aloft. So you're going to need that to help get the ball out of the indention that it currently sits in. That's small to really that small indention to really help the ball get rolling forward. If you hit it in the middle, you need about three or two degrees aloft, depending on where you hit it in the putter. So it's a really cool concept. And Cobra, I don't know if they've licensed it, I know they've partnered with it, is bringing it to this new putter. Another interesting note on this is it's a technology that Bryson has actually been using for a few years now. Bryson has been using his sick putter for a long time, and um, it's, it's clearly a ploy to see if it works. And then maybe Cobra can get Bryson in a Cobra putter. So it's going to be really interesting to see if Bryson DeChambeau puts this putter in use. And if he does, if he likes it, does he move to a Cobra putter and no longer use the Sick putter? It's really cool to see the small company like Sick getting their company, in, getting their tech from their company into a big time OEM. It's always nice when you see things like that. Oftentimes you'll find innovation right there on the fringe edges of the market. Like I said, National Custom Work has been doing 3D putters. SICK has been doing descending loft technology. You see things out on the edges that 
big OEMs will be scared to use or scared to try because they can't afford to to fail like that. A massive failure for an OEM um, could be the difference for a lot of people losing their jobs. So if you can release it in a small number like they do out on the edges of the market, custom order things, then you tend to see a little bit more innovation. Then when the technology is proven, you'll see a major OEM pick that up. Now, I obviously, like I said, can't say much about the performance of the putter. I won't be able to get one because they've already sold out. And it's also well outside my budget. In my personal opinion, I don't think the putter is the prettiest thing in the world. Um, looking down at some of the angles, I just I don't like the way it looks. Um, but honestly, with 3D printing being the technology here, I really don't care what it looks like. I want this putter to be successful and I want this putter to be successful so that we continue to see OEMs always push the limits and try new things. Without that, we're still stuck in persimmon days. We're still stuck with wound golf balls. I know a lot of people will say that's back when golf was great. Not me. I'm obviously a golf equipment guy, so I love to see new technology. I want it to be successful so that we see more risks and in companies investing in new technologies. I love this so much. So that's it this week. So we got new irons from Strixon. You can go to the blog. You can find me on social media to see pictures of that. You can find me there to find uh, pictures of the new Cobra putter. You can read my thoughts on the Wilson Staff golf ball. So... Be on the lookout on the blog for all types of fun stuff, any new equipment. If you don't want it on a weekly basis, once a week, you can follow me there. Also, please subscribe, rate this podcast on Apple, iTunes, wherever you get this podcast, Spotify, um, anywhere like that. I use Pocket Cast. I don't care where you get it. Please rate this. Leave, leave a good review. Leave me a good rating. I really appreciate it. Also, Find me on all social media platforms. You can find me on Facebook. If you search at the green fee, I'll pop up there. If you search me on Twitter, I am at the green fee one. On Instagram, I am at the green fee. On YouTube, if you search the green fee, you will find my golf equipment 101 stories. If everything I talked about today is a little over your head and you are just looking for some really good golf advice on how to identify parts of the golf club, what to ask for when you walk into a golf store when looking for clubs. That is a perfect place for you to start if you are new to the game. And finally, like and subscribe to um, this podcast so that you can continue to get all your golf news on a weekly basis. It's a nice thing to do on your way to your round or while watching the golf tournament. If you have any questions, follow me on all those social media platforms. I'll gladly answer them. But until next week, folks, which I may be taking a week off next week. I have a trip with my wife, plus with the Thanksgiving holiday. I may be taking next week off. If I do take next week off, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the time with your family. Stay safe. Hit them straight. Have a great week.